Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now a bunch of Marvel news. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And if you've got tips or stories you want us to cover, you can always email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. But let's jump into it. As we are taping this, tons of stuff is coming out yeah. about Daredevil Born Again, as that is finally refilming, I guess we'll call it, in New York. <laughs> And because it's so nice, they're doing it twice. I love to get a practice run in on mm-hmm. my multi-million dollar uh, projects. They say you have to film Daredevil: Born Again ten thousand hours before you get really good at it. And uh, that's so. a beautiful uh, prospect. I like it. That's why it's called Born Again because mm-hmm. the first season, the uh, the season they did away with, is called Born, and this is Born Again. You're doing it again. There you go. Lots of stuff coming out, though, because they are for filming outdoor scenes in New York City. Don't need to be the, the paparazzi. This is what happens when you're filming street scenes in New York. A uh, bunch of stuff that come out here, but the big one that everybody's freaking out about this weekend as we're taping is Karen and Foggy are officially back. Deborah Ann Wall and Eldon Henson. It is Murdoch and Page and Nelson, attorneys at law, all three of them on the shingle. As you will. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm a Uh, huge shingle head. So we're definitely the wrong pair of people to be talking about this. And I know if Pete, our third, ever listens to this, he's going to get real mad at us. But how you feel about this? You freaking out like the rest of the Internet that Karen Page and Foggy Nelson are back in the show? I mean, I... and perhaps, obviously, <laughs> not the biggest. Yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest fans of Cut the, the storylines. Cut the team. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to start. We're gonna have to do this again, again. Yep. Uh, born again, again. The there, there. I guess it's more that I want. If we're gonna include all these characters, that I feel like felt a little bit less exciting in the original run. That I hope they have better stories or mm-hmm. more interesting things to do. That's my big thing. When I feel like in the Netflix shows, they played Karen and Foggy like they were Allie McBeal characters in a mm-hmm. way. And I think we can go a little harder than that. It's I 100% agree with you on that. I thought Deborah Ann Wall was pretty great and really came into her own in The Punisher yeah. in particular. Eldon Henson, nothing against the actor, who I think is a very fun actor, was – Awful as Foggy, like just legitimately not great in the part of Foggy. But I think a lot of that was down to the material they gave him because he was constantly like, we're avocados, ding. And constantly, to your point, their plot lines to me, and I know people are livid if they're listening to this because people love the actors. And I get that and I appreciate that. This is not diminishing your love. Shouts to the actors. Shouts to the actors. Um, But they also loved Foggy and Karen. It always felt like they were stretching to give them something to do in the middle of the season. So if they can integrate them into the action and use these really good actors, well, happy to see it. Well, I think one of the issues to get into it a little bit is from a story perspective, they took Foggy's role in the comics and split it between Karen and Foggy mm-hmm. and then combined a little bit of the romantic side with Karen. And it just felt like a little unclear and messy when I think Foggy is like, you know, Matt's conscience in a way and his like sort of he, he's his fixer for his regular life, making sure things go go right. And Karen is his love. And because they had a status quo where that wasn't always happening it left everything sort of messy. I think if give them these roles from the jump and have them drive story, then that's mm. way more fun rather than being sort of offhand uh, quippers. They can be people who are like hugely – because in the comic, they're, they're hugely dramatic roles at times. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. And I know we give Pete in particular a lot of crap about liking Foggy so much, but he is a good foil for Matt in the comics. He is a good character to have there who is constantly calling Matt on his crap, keeping him grounded. That's all good stuff to have. And if we can have a little bit more of that character that in there, that's great. There is a rumor that's come out that I'll throw out there. This is potential spoilers, but it comes from very rumory source that they are bringing them back. But Karen Page is going to do the most famous thing that she did in the comics very soon into the series, which is die and die, yeah. kill, get killed by Muse, who we know is probably one of the villains in the season, possibly in front of Daredevil possibly to motivate him, which seems like a very bad Not idea great. to be. Not good in the modern world with um, fridging and everything being much more part of the discourse. But we'll see. That's a very rumory thing. Um, the, uh, if you're oh, going yeah, go to do that, if you're going to tell that tragic story, the reason that was so good in the comics is because it wasn't a fridging thing. It was a real romance. She was a real character that told a story over time. And then that, that happened. And so it wasn't just a quick payoff to motivate the character. It felt like a real tragic arc. And similarly with Foggy, so much of his role in his less successful comic book appearances, he's just stopping Matt from doing the things we want him to do, <laughs> be a crime fighter and be someone who like is relentless. And like, I don't, I just, especially in TV, that doesn't work because it's just an inherently negative thing. So give Foggy a, a reason to want Matt. Like he's like, with this, we have a huge case that is important. Let, we should be doing this or, or just give him a reason to not just be like the guy who's saying no to mm -hmm. the hero that we know is going to do the thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, the other thing that I've been mulling around a little bit when I've been thinking about this casting and one other I'll throw out that came out. I think it was earlier this week, Wilson Bethel is back as Bullseye. He was never mm -hmm. really Bullseye, if I remember correctly, in the show. He just dressed up in a off-brand Daredevil costume and fought him. If they put him in the Bullseye uniform, that's very fun. The actor was very good, to the point that we were saying about Deborah Ann Wall and Eldon Henson before. But I'm a little apprehensive of the idea that it feels... <laughs> Like, in the worst possible sense, Marvel Studios gave up, where they weren't like, we're going to come up with our bold take on Daredevil and really figure out how to do this right. It's just like, eh, everybody liked the Netflix stuff. It's fine. Let's just do that again, you know? Yeah, because then it's sort of like, this felt like, oh, a swing when they announced mm -hmm. it. Because, like, to bring back the Netflix properties, something they were like, we're not going to do this. This is inherently bad for our whole vision, which is always looking forward. It felt like they must have a super exciting idea at play here. And maybe they do when it comes to the Wilson Fisk of it all. Mm -hmm. That part does feel exciting. So hopefully we can get there and everything else takes on a new light because of it. To that point, before we move on to something else, we have speculated a little back and forth on whether they would pick up on the post credit scene from Echo and go with the Mayor Fisk storyline based on a Getty photo of a stack of newspapers on set that tout the fact that Wilson Fisk is surprisingly running for mayor. Yep, they're doing that storyline. Yep. Uh, also, it's very funny if you can search it down because the it's the New York Courier and the main headline is about Wilson Fisk running for mayor, but there's also headlines about like the metaverse and Bitcoin are on opposite sides of it. Good, good Sick. newspaper. Got to get myself a copy. There we go. Yeah. 
Hot meta news. Hot meta news. Uh, Not going with the Apple Vision Pro as of yet. Let's move on to another news item that popped this week. Steven Yun, as we talked about, has dropped out of Thunderbolts. He was never confirmed for the role, but we knew that he was probably playing Bob Reynolds, a.k.a. the Sentry, who potentially starts as a hero of the movie and then potentially turns into the villain. Since he has dropped out, they're looking around for other people to jump into the role and apparently are looking, according to The Hollywood Reporter, very heavily at Lewis Pullman, if you don't know who that Mm. that is. He was in Top Gun Maverick. He was also the male lead in Lessons in Chemistry, opposite Brie Larson, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Very good at that. Um, Here's my initial take on this. He's... A great call, I think, for like Bob Reynolds, the century feels like he just yeah. stepped right off of the page. This is Bill Pullman's son, I believe, just to give you. Of course, his greatest role of all, uh, the the scion yeah. of the Pullman family, inheriting yes. the Pullman torch as an actor in such milquetoast roles as the guy that Meg Ryan leaves in Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> but it is crazy to me that they were like, oh, Stephen Young fell out. Let's get Lewis Pullman, the guy who is also up for the same roles as him. Very weird. It is weird. Uh, and it also like we I think when Stephen Young was rumored to be there and then left, it was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Great actor, someone we love in a like, comic fan. And then Lewis Pullman feels like more looks like the character in the comics, mm-hmm. but is so such a different actor from Steven Yeun. So I don't know how this take is going to change with Lewis Pullman being in the role. The other thing that I wonder about, and granted, as we've all seen from Top Gun Maverick, he certainly has the muscles, but he feels to be a little more like Bob Reynolds than the Sentry. Like he's got this whole right. awkward nerd thing going in most of the roles that he does per his father as well. So I wonder Mm. if they'll have him pull double duty or if they'll have somebody different, you know, Lou Ferrigno styles pump in uh, as the century. We'll see. Wow. That's a crazy idea to go back to the original Hulk TV show style of making television. That's what they mean when they say that's how we're making television. Things were better then. Go back to the good old days. Yeah, the no CGI, just like his leg with like a green sock on. Like, I'm the Hulk. <laughs> I'm the Hulk. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to another one. Deadpool 3 officially wrapped this week. Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman and Sean Levy all put up posts on various social medias to celebrate the thing that I wanted to talk about in particular, other than great and wrapped, they seem very happy with what they did is at least according to Ryan Reynolds post, they're still planning on this July 26th release date. We talked about that a lot and you've certainly talked about that a lot. What do you think about that, Justin? I mean, we talked about it taking six months to finish, finish the CGI on a movie like this. That's exactly six months from now. So uh, I think they're tracking perfectly. Plus, I said this last time, but I I bet they got a lot of time during the strikes to work on the CG from whatever they had shot. So mm-hmm. I bet they're actually in a little bit ahead of that schedule and probably feeling good that they will make their their schedule on this. So I, I think that's all positive and exciting. The other thing that I think is interesting about this, if this does hold to this date, is this is also very atypical for the Marvel process that we've talked about a lot, where they'll shoot the entire movie start editing it together, go, whoops, the second act doesn't work, and then go back for reshoots for a bit. 
this definitely does not leave a lot of time or any time really for reshoots if they do want to bring it back. They may do it anyway. They may do, it might help the fact that Ryan Reynolds is in the mask most of the time, so you can do a bunch of ADR to throw alter jokes in there and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tight turnaround. I'll be curious to see if they actually get it out in time. Well, and I think they, this mo- this franchise wasn't made using the Marvel method, mm-hmm. you, perhaps. Like, I don't know what the production was like for the first two. But there's probably a chance they're a little bit ahead of what Marvel, the way Marvel does it with sort of leaning into reshoots. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll pick up some stuff. The other thing is they can already be assembling this movie now so they could do the reshoots in like two months as opposed mm-hmm. to having to wait until much closer to the day when all the stuff is in finishing. Yeah, and we've also talked about this a little bit, but with Sean Levy in the director's chair, he has a lot of experience with this sort of thing, like Stranger Things. They never publicly confirmed this, but I know from some behind-the-scenes stuff that they were like down to the absolute last second with that last season, and they got it out there and pumped the visual effects out there, and it looked really good. So it looked great. That's not the way you should be doing things, but he knows how to do those things and how to how to make them work. So I think we'll still see the July 26 release date. It just uh, would make me personally nervous, but I guess that's why I'm not directing Deadpool three. That's why I lost out on the job. Yeah. You were close too. You got pretty close. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had the chimichanga stuff really unlock the, the way that this, the, the people, I mean, that's the way the business works in a lot of ways. Like, well, let's use every second we have and push it as far as we can to do that. Uh, but being cool under that pressure, I think, will pay out. You have, Once you have the experience, it makes it easier. And also, Marvel needs this movie yes. this year. Like, yeah. we say this a lot. Like, this needs to work. Marvel's this needs to work. All these movies. But this one is the one that needs to work mm-hmm. the most of all of these. Yeah, I would say... Happening. I mean, the Marvels not, you know, bombing is certainly like a death knell, not necessarily a death knell, but like it's the beginning of that for the MCU. If Deadpool 3 doesn't work, we're done. Like, I I think it will work, but that's it. Well, they they sort of knew like, ah, these last movies of last year were sort of like, I we hope they do well, but we're not super confident because of what's happened. This one is the the shining light they've been reaching for. We're like, this is going to work. So mm-hmm. if this one also doesn't work, then that's truly like what's happened. What has happened? Why don't we move on to two Spider-Man items? One, this was kind of a ridiculous story that came out earlier this week. I believe it was from one of the late night talk shows. I want to say Jimmy Fallon or something like that. You know, one of the Jibbies. Um, Tom Hollander who people might know from a bunch of different places, potentially the last season of White Lotus, among others, apparently accidentally once got Tom Holland's Avengers bonus check. And this was transcribed by comicbook.com, so I'm just going to read off what he said. But he said, people in the accounts department of my agency got confused. We were with the agency briefly, and it was a terrible moment. I want to see my friend who I went to see my friend who was doing theater in, in England. I sat smugly in the audience just having done a BBC show for $30,000. The interval came, and I checked my email, and I got one from the agency saying, payment slip for the first box office bonus for the Avengers. I don't think I'm in the Avengers. It was an astonishing amount of money. It was not his salary. It was his first box office bonus, not the whole box office bonus, the first one. And it was more money than I'd ever seen. It was a seven-figure sum. 
Um, not not wild, not totally unexpected, but that is a crazy amount of money. I mean, the fact that he's so candid about it is hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. are you telling me that he's not getting that kind of money from uh, Pride and Prejudice in 2005? Right? White like, Lotus money? White Lotus money. That was on uh, HBO, the home box office. Come on. That's right. Uh, so, like, I, that's just a funny – those things happen, but usually not with that amount of money for that high profile of mm-hmm. clients. It also points to the fact that maybe they have very similar email addresses. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. I mean, I bet I bet if we threw a Tom Hollander at Gmail out there, we <laughs> might get the We might hit the mark. We might get a hit. We'll try it out. We got one last one. This is another Spider-Man. Hold on, real quick. I'm yeah. always shocked. I was going to say one more thing. I'm always shocked when I'm like emailing someone who is um, a, has any sort of celebrity and their email is literally just their name at Gmail. I'm like, yeah. what? This is, <laughs> this is insane. How G- come it's, G- it should be Cruz a little harder? At AOL.com. I mean, that yeah. is not oh, totally. wrong. That is not 100% wrong. Yeah, just try it, everybody. Just start sending out emails. Stars will love it. They'll be like, you found me. Thanks so much. Yeah. Last yeah. one. Great. Let's Great, move to it. Great to meet you. Let's move it over to the Rumor Patrol. This is about Spider-Man 4, which hasn't even really been officially confirmed, but we do know, of course, they're developing. They're working on a little bit in the background. Big, big rumory thing came out that maybe Sony wants to have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire back in Spider-Man 4. Here's what I believe about that. What I believe hmm. is Sony wants Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire back for Spider-Man 4, or at least floated the possibility because they were like, it did really well the last time. What about more money? The idea of them actually being in it, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, what would they do? I mean, we were we were playing in that pool last time. If they're going to stay around... Excuse me, I don't know what that would be. Maybe, like, I could see them being sort of like a runner of them, like being the men in the chair kind of a situation, mm-hmm. being backing up our Tom Holland Spider-Man for whatever the, the story is about. That could be just checking in with them, like being funny or swapping stories. Like, that's cool. But to have it be truly a story where all three of them or two of them or whatever iteration it is, just feels like confusing and uh, perhaps not necessary when we loved what they did. I'll throw out two possibilities that I think could work. One to the point that you're saying just an opening scene where the three of them are hanging out. They're chatting about things that have happened. And then Holland is like, okay, see you guys later. Bye. Gotta go. And you're like, what is happening? But that's pretty much it. Just a fun joke scene because they had such a good rapport together. The other one, the rumor said it was Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, but they didn't say a Spider-Man. So what if it's mm. like a Lego movie situation where Tom Holland's Spider-Man comes through to the real world and meets Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire? Oh, they're playing themselves. Yeah. That would be the worst idea. <laughs> I guess that's probably the worst idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be very bad. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, just being on like, what if it's like as simple as just like a Spider-Man, Spider-Man text thread where mm-hmm. they stay in touch across the multiverse and uh, check in with each other. And it's fun. Yeah, that would be fun. I don't think it's necessary. To your point, it's what made the last movie special. They don't have to do it. They're going to make money, money off of a Spider-Man movie regardless of what happens. Um, but I guess we'll see. 
given the heart-rending nature uh, that uh, that Pete LePage would no doubt be teeing off on right now, of the end of the last Spidey movie, like we have plenty to play with going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, absolutely. All right. If you've got tips or stories you want us to cover, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel. You can support us at patreon.com slash comicbookclub at comicbooklive on Twitter slash X, comicbookclublive on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. And if you want to contact Andrew Garfield and Toby McGuire directly to ask them, their email addresses are uh, Andrew Garfield loves lasagna at gmail.com and Toby Jerry McGuire at gmail.com. <laughs>